once again showing his versatility. I think we have five number ones. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Put $22 million for Brian Dobak. Give me a break. And, and, and Redmond has been thrown out of the ballgame. NFL tight end, you know, those playing years are dog years. Maybe it's adamantium. Maybe it's vibranium. Maybe it's, maybe it's something really cool I don't even know about yet. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the 300s Podcast. My name is Red, and as always, I will be your host. And we are joined today by our good friend, Mike Mattis. How you doing? Doing good. Sitting here in my fresh new 300s hat. You gotta represent. Shameless, shameless self-promotion <laughs> to start off the pod, just right off the bat. But now I'm excited to be here, man. Maybe chat about some, uh, some good stuff. Yeah, we got a lot going on today, and uh, I feel like it's only appropriate to kind of go, go green, like we're driving our uh, electric cars. There's a lot of Celtics news, there's a lot of NBA news, so we're kind of going to jump into that. And, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's jump right into it. With the Celtics, with their offseason, what have you liked? What have you disliked about their offseason so far? They haven't really had a ton of holes. It seems like they were kind of waiting to get healthy, but there were some, some minor moves. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, I mean, they were minor moves, relatively speaking, to, to some of the ones that you've seen over the past couple of years. But what I'm happy about is that there haven't been any big splashes this year. And not to jump ahead, I know we're going to get into Kawhi in a little bit, but you know, to, to make a big move like that, to give up the assets that you've, you've waited so long to build up, right. and, and you finally saw the results last year, and you saw what shoulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda met an NBA Finals team with what you have, like, why blow that up? Plus, you're also getting two perennial all-stars back. Right. You know, it, it's so, I'm glad there haven't been big moves. Uh, one of the biggest things I've liked so far, I really like Baines, the re-signing there. Um, but, you know, otherwise, it's been quiet, and I like it. Yeah, like you said, we we got Baines back. We got small pieces, little just healthy guys coming back. We got Daniel Tice coming back. He was a big piece last year. People weren't really expecting the the uh, the great Daniel Wall uh, straight out of Germany. He'll be coming back, but also you know you got Kyrie coming back and you got Gordon Hayward coming back. And this is a team that got to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals with their two best players out with injury. So just to have those guys come back, and then not to mention LeBron's out of the conference. So this is a conference that's yours for the taking. So. I think even just making those little minor tweaks, like getting guys back healthy is going to be huge for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. It's just you, you've already got the pieces there. You don't have to actually go out and change anything. And I mean, when, we're going to say it for the third time. They're getting two all-stars back. Yeah. Two. And these are guys that, that, that are, are there every single year. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward, I, I still don't think people really appreciate how good he really is. They won't see him um, play for five minutes. Yeah. Well, well, exactly. And this is part of the whole thing, you know, with Kawhi is – Kawhi's a great player. Kawhi is another one who I, I don't think really gets the appreciation that he should up until, of course, this offseason. But you, you don't need to go and give up assets to get him when you've got a guy like Gordon Hayward coming in who, no, is not as good as Kawhi Leonard, but really isn't that far off. Yeah, we'll get into Kawhi just to not jump ahead. But, yeah, you would give up too much to make it worth your while. Mm-hmm. If you can get him for pennies on the dollar, sure, but mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. Exactly. So let's get into some of the Celtics' moves or moves that they have yet to make. One of them, obviously, is Marcus Smart. He went into this offseason looking and hunting for that big contract. He, he was talking minutes after Game 7 was over how he was worth $14 million a year, and that market really hasn't been there for him. There's not really a lot of teams, one, that have a ton of money to throw around this offseason, but two, there's not a lot of teams that are willing to pony up that money for a point guard who can't shoot. Yeah, exactly. And, and Smart's a guy that you really appreciate 
once you really watch him play. If you look at the stat sheet, it's not going to be someone that pops out at you. Um, of course, he's had his big games, uh, and, and maybe if you look at the defensive stat sheet, you know, you'll get the blocks and the, and the, the rebounds and the steals. Not so much the blocks, but the steals. Um, so, but he's not a guy that's really going to put you over the top. I think if you're a team like Indiana, before they went out and got Evans, you know, which which we might get into, um, I think would have been a good fit for him. But he he's not ever going to be a second or even a third option, no. especially on offense. So that kind of takes a lot there. And it's just, I just feel bad. For, I want him back, first and foremost, but I feel bad there really hasn't been a market out there for him. Yeah, and that's his agent's fault. If his agent had him believing that he was going to get $14 million a year, that guy should get fucking fired. That's just stupid. That money was never going to be there. And it's obviously apparent to him now. Um, so the Celtics are kind of at a stalemate with Marcus Smart where they have that $6.1 million qualifying offer just sitting there for him. He was a restricted free agent, so he didn't really have a ton of options. And the Celtics can always just slap that down and say, here, take it or leave it. And I feel like now he's starting to think, that's probably going to be my best bet. So if he really is hunting for that big money contract, sign that qualifying offer, ball out this year, and the next year you're, you're going to be a UFA and you can try and go get that money again where maybe that money is, is out there, it's bigger, and there's more opportunity for you. Right, and, and that's what you just said. Just to reiterate again, there's no leverage. Marcus Smart has literally no leverage. And, um, you know, so I, I don't really know what he has to bargain with. He said he's kind of hurt that the Celtics haven't seemed to maybe be treating this with a, a sense of urgency or, or you know, as uh, seemed to, to be as important to them as it does to him. And they said that they haven't even reached out and made an offer yet, which I'd be surprised about. Um, but yeah, he's going to have to accept this. Of course, players don't like this because God forbid you get injured this year. Well, then they go scared. Right. But again, like you said, go play for it next year. It's going to be an entirely different market. LeBron's going to be off the market. Not everyone's going to want to chase LeBron next year. Um, so you know that that's going to be where he's going to make his money. But yeah, and like you said, there were reports coming out that Smart was hurt and disgusted by the way things are playing out. And I think. Uh, there were discussions about this on uh, you know, Sports Talk Radio recently where this might just be Danny just making a point with the agent. Like The agent was very public, very combative with the way he was negotiating the contract. Marcus Smart was out there minutes after they got knocked out of the playoffs talking about how much money he was worth. So this might be Danny saying, hey, you, I told you, you don't want to take the offer that we gave you uh, halfway through the season. You don't want to take that extension. Go out there, just get what you can get, and come back to us. And now that's not there, so here it is. Here's your $6 million. Come fucking sign it or don't. I think that's exactly what's going on. I mean, they're strong arguing, but that's it, that's kind of how Denny Joplin. He loves to break people's balls. Yeah. Oh, he's a savage. And, yeah. and and I said after this off season, and I've said this before. I think I even said it on the, the you know last podcast was I can't ever get on Danny Age again. This guy is a brilliant, brilliant executive. He is so patient. He knows when to pounce, and he. And he's done that by being so obstinate and, and, and really being you know set in his ways. And I think that's exactly what's going on. So look at Marcus, Marcus, you know the deal. There's not really anyone out there. Sure, maybe like Orlando could step in uh, right now. They need a point guard. and But they don't want to make Marcus the guy yeah. after all this. So Danny's going, this is what we're offering. You can take it or leave it. And Marcus is a little butthurt right now. <laughs> yeah, if you're so. one of those teams like Orlando that's a shit team anyways, Marcus Smart's not going to put you back into the playoffs. He's a great... He's a fifth man. He's a he's a sixth man, really. To be honest, he, he's a great spark plug. He's great defensively. He's great energy. He's a Tommy Point guy. But that's not a guy you pay fourteen million dollars. I mean, if you're like 
the Warriors or the Celtics or a team that's on the brink and you need a guy like that, that makes tons of sense. But those teams don't have that money. Right, exactly. And I think the money thing is a lot more people aren't as forward thinking as a GM needs to be. I mean, as fans and just as people in general, we're all about instant gratification. Yeah. You get it right away. You know, but you have to think long term. You've got Jalen coming up next year. Yes, as a restricted free agent, but still, you're going to have to re-sign him. Jason Tatum, I know it's still a couple years away, but you need to throw the bank at that kid. All right? You know, so you've got stuff coming up. You don't want to tie, like, you know, 40, but again, NBA money is also silly money. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just, I think Marcus had a, a little bit bigger aspirations than what's actually being presented to him, and it's, it hasn't been so good so far. I mean, it's yeah, man, don't bite up more than you can chew. I love Marcus, so I hope it works out, but... So moving on, we talked a little bit about Kawhi Leonard. Now, this is a guy who's basically punting on an opportunity to earn a Supermax contract. That's about, I think it's like $219 million deal the Spurs could offer him. And he basically is saying, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go to L.A. I'm not going to resign, so you should trade me. And that's kind of put the rest of the league, especially the Spurs, obviously, into kind of a pickle. You have... He wants to go to L.A., so the Lakers are offering a couple different things, but it kind of seems like Pop wants to almost spike Kawhi, like, oh, you want to screw us? Fine, we're not going to just trade you where you want to go. you got the Celtics who are saying, yeah, I mean, we're interested, but we're not going to throw the farmer, this guy who played nine games last year and who was he was injured, he's disgruntled, and he has publicly said, he, well, I don't know if he's publicly said it, but it's been reported he wants to go to L.A. So if you're Danny, why offer that much for a guy that you don't even know what he's thinking? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason to throw the bang for Kawhi right now. And when you talk about leverage, we were just talking about Marcus Smart, is in this situation, Kawhi has all the leverage and is strangleholding the Spurs as an organization, which is something only in the NBA could you see this. So the NBA knows this. There's not going to be anyone that's going to give up a lot for him. Um, I think you know one of your best lines ever when you know L.A. really you now they have LeBron should they go after Kawhi and yeah we'll give you Kuzma and Swaggy P's first mixtape <laughs> I mean but honestly they're not going to get a much better deal than that because they know but what's interesting this week was the fact that he came on and said well it's not even just L.A. I would I would play for the Clippers and if it was really about the money or fighting for a, a championship, he wouldn't be saying the Clippers. This guy just really wants to go to L.A. <laughs> yeah, I know we talked about it before we started the podcast. We actually looked it up, and he is from L.A., so it makes sense he wants to just kind of be in his hometown. Now, going to the Lakers makes more sense, obviously, now with LeBron, but going to the Clippers, that team has been on downward spiral the last five years, so to just want to force your way to get to L.A., so even just play for the Clippers seems crazy. Now, if that's really the case, it's obviously a guy doesn't really care about winning because the Clippers... They're not anywhere near being a contender. Right. I mean, they're kind of the, the, the laughing stock of the NBA for years until, you know, Blake and Chris Paul gave them some few good years of decent basketball. Had. Although back in the day, Corey Maggette and uh, Michael Olo Candy, uh, remember those old NBA Live games? Oh, my God. They were, wow, they were atrocious. But anyway, um, but it's one of two things. So, again, it's a hometown kid that really wants to go back, which honestly is, is a bit refreshing in today's league of just about the money and, and, and all that. Um, it's a bit strange you wouldn't want to go somewhere you want to win, but think about this. If he was from L.A. or is from <laughs> he is from L.A. and were to go to L.A. to the, the, the sad sack team in L.A. to the little brother and make them some sort of force in yeah. his hometown – one, I'd be rooting for that because that's a cool story. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Um, but two, again, it's a refreshing approach. So it's he's really just not about chasing the money right now and and winning now. He's still young, and he legitimately could be a top five talent. All told, overall, really, really could be, and he could build something in L.A. 
Yeah, and I totally agree. He's a great player. Obviously, he's a Finals MVP. He beat LeBron. He is Defensive Player of the Year. He's a really, really talented guy. But last year, he only played nine games. He was hurt. He was disgruntled. He doesn't want to be in San Antonio. He said he wants to go to L.A. So if you're the Celtics, why are you going to spend a lot to get that guy? Like, Do you even want him? What would you be willing to give up? Because there's been reports now that the Celtics are saying our top five guys are off limits. There's been reports saying it was going to be picks and Kyrie involved. Like, I would not do any of those deals. I would say, you know, here's a couple picks. Take what you want. If you can get a better deal, great. If not, we're not going to do it. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple different packages. One of them that involved Kyrie was very surprising to me. I, I don't really understand the, the point of trading Kyrie for Kawhi. I think Kawhi is a better overall player, yes, but I think you're also loaded at Kawhi's position right now. You have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, who are all f- effectively the same position. That's a good point. You know, most of them are, are, are three anyway, and Kawhi, Kawhi could play two, three, four in a pinch, especially in the East. There's no doubt about that. Um, but again, it would just be a, a gluttony of, at the position, you know, of, of riches. And um, I don't understand the point of that. But one I did see was it was Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier, and next year's first-round pick. But I believe that was something that may have been put on the table a little earlier on. But once it was discovered that he wanted to go to L.A., it was pulled off. So something like that, if I knew the security, if I knew Kawhi sure. was going to stay, yes. But right now, no. I, wouldn't, I would not give up anything because what you would need to give up to get Kawhi without that security, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, the only no. time trades like that work out are like when the Celtics did a similar deal for Garnett. They traded what was it, like six or seven guys mm-hmm. to get Garnett, but they were all bombs. I mean, with the, with the exception of Al Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Who was McHale loved Al Jefferson. <laughs> with the oh, exception boy. of Al Jefferson, who was supposed to be the next great Love thing, who, and that didn't really pan out, that was a bunch of bums, um, and that was one of the few instances where trading seven guys for one is going to be a big impact. But they also got Garnett to buy back in and sign long-term with the Celtics. If you don't have any kind of assurance with that with Kawhi, no fucking way. Yeah. No, you absolutely can't. Um, Oh, yeah. No, you absolutely can't do that. Um, and I would like to see them keep those assets, build those assets. I kind of see what we get going here already. Now, sp- speaking of Kawhi for Kyrie and potentially trading them for each other, that was kind of an eye-opener where it seems like if it was true and the Celtics were willing to offer Kyrie for Kawhi, obviously both only have one year left in their deal. But that's kind of an eye-opening. That tells you that if true, the Celtics aren't super confident that he is going to want to resign with the Celtics, where it's like, if we can only get one year of a guy, we might as well get one year of Kawhi, who maybe they value more. So that's kind of concerning. Like, with Kyrie, where do you think he's going to be long-term? Do you think he's going to be in on the Celtics? Do you think he's going to resign? Or do you think he's gone? Because there are reports that he wants to go form his own super team with his buddy Jimmy Butler. So there's a lot of things going on out there, and he's been kind of coy with where he wants to resign, what he wants to do. So I don't know what to expect of him, really. I'm going to have a real, real hot take here and say, I don't know. <laughs> um, because this is, no, this is one of the first instances in a while where, um, you know, it's, it's truly so ambiguous, the whole situation, as to what I think Kyrie really wants. Yes, on the surface, why would you leave this team with this core, with this talent, with what they did without you last year, um, putting you and Hayward on the team to, to see what could happen? But, um, you know, if he really wants to play with Jimmy Butler and form his own super team out there, again, some guys have different MOs. But I don't see the point of Kyrie leaving this talent to go start a team with Jimmy Butler, whereas both of those guys, yes, superstars, all-stars, absolutely. But even those two on a shitty team isn't as good as this team without Kyrie, and that's right. no disrespect to Kyrie. 
you know, and Tatum's only going to get better. I think that kid's going to be a stud. So I, I don't see the point, but. Yeah, that's something that we were talking about a little bit earlier where if he does want to go team up with Jimmy Butler, I mean, clearly winning is not going to be the number one thing to him because the team you're on now, position you're in now, is your best bet to win a championship. Without question. And you also get to be the guy. So when people make the argument that, no, Kyrie wants to be the man. That's why he wanted out of Cleveland. That's why he wants to go start his own team and say, New York. Well, if you're joining up with Jimmy Butler to go join together and say the Knicks and start your own team, Jimmy Butler's a funny dude. That guy's got charisma. Jimmy Butler might steal your shine. So that's not necessarily uh, you know, a 100% solid bet that you're going to be the face of the franchise. Jimmy Butler's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on the Celtics now, you are the guy. You're on the billboards. You're on the tickets. You're the veteran leader of young guys who are up and coming. That's a role that I, I would think if Kyrie, you get to be the man. You get to be on a winning team. You get to be successful, and you get to get paid. That seems like the best of everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if maybe deep down he's afraid of you know, one of the young guys coming up and stealing the shine. But no, realistically here, as long as Kyrie's here, he's going to be the guy. Um, again, Tatum is going to be phenomenal, but I still think this is always going to be Kyrie's team. The one thing that, that you're going to step off the court for a second, I don't know if everyone is really considering, but Kyrie um, you know, has, has been dabbling in the movie business, as we know lately. Um, yes, I did see Uncle Drew already, and we will get to that in a minute, but um, he, he's a guy, he's also got charisma, so you just said that about Jimmy Butler, and, and I think that's a good point, because maybe they could clash, but he may want to go to the bigger market, like a New York, like an L.A. with Kawhi Leonard next year. Like I could see something like that happening, where he could kind of build Kyrie and build a good team. So I do think there's a chance that Kyrie could realistically leave. I don't, before I didn't, I was like, no, no, no. And I'd rest my head at night knowing that Kyrie Irving was a Boston Celtic. And But lately, I really have been sitting there and going, no, it would kind of make sense if he left too. So it, it's, it is a very, very, it's going to be an interesting situation. Yeah, I feel like the New York as the gigantic media market compared to dwarfing a tiny market like Boston. I feel like that's overplayed just because the money you're going to get for a deal with, I don't know, who is he with, Nike or Adidas or whatever company he's with, it's going to be the same whether you're in Boston or New York. It's not like you're in Utah where there's nothing out there and all the beers are 3.5%. It's still a pretty big market. It's a major sports market. It's a hyper-fanatical market. So I don't think that's necessarily going to be such a big difference where you're going to go to New York, you're going to be that much bigger. I mean, I guess Everyone wants to play Madison Square Garden just because that was the mecca growing up. But I don't see it being such a huge difference. And then there was a report that came out a couple days ago. There was a few of the Cavaliers beat writers, I guess, got on a podcast together. I don't know if you heard about this. But they were talking about just the, their, their time of the last couple of years around the Cavs. And they started talking about Kyrie and what was going on behind the scenes with him and LeBron. And it seemed like one of the things that kind of pissed off Kyrie was um, he he's a – very smart guy. At least he you know, likes to think he's an intelligent guy. He likes to discuss everything. And I think he kind of got pissy this year because he got known for the flat earth thing, as dumb as that belief is. He wants to be known. It's pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. It's pretty, Curry, it's pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. That's on you. <laughs> so deal with that. But he wants to be known as, as being a, a deep guy. And I guess uh, back a couple years ago, when LeBron and the Cavs all came out pregame wearing the I Can't Breathe shirts and everyone gave LeBron credit for, for setting that up and being such an outspoken voice, these guys, these Cavs beat writers were on the podcast saying it's actually Kyrie's idea, but then LeBron kind of like piggybacked on it and everyone did it and then everyone gave LeBron credit and I think that's something that pissed off Kyrie. 
But my main point, just to tie it back, is you're in Boston. Boston is one of the most liberal cities in the country where if you have a political view that is out there, like this is the spot to do it. Now, if you are in Cleveland, that's probably not a great spot to do it. But this is a great platform for you to kind of get out there and be a political voice that you're thinking that you apparently want to be besides the flat earth bullshit. And I, I do think a lot of what you're saying is, is correct, in, especially in regards to the shoe contracts. I think marketability-wise throughout the NBA or, or to an NBA fan, how good he is as a player and who Kyrie is, I think in New York, Boston is not much of a difference. But think about Uncle Drew. Now, no, I, I'm just really... <laughs> That's a callback. This is a very... Yes. No, but Uncle Drew, where in Boston, there's probably so many people around here that was like, oh, yeah, Kyrie Irving. Like, even the casual fans, we go see it. Obviously, the sales are going to be so much bigger in Boston than anyone else. But if you bring it to New York City, how much in terms of movie sales, how much in terms of things like that, I, and paraphernalia and things like that, I do think it is tr- It is a lot more of a difference then and maybe we disagree, and, and who knows who's right. But I, I honestly think that that is factoring into his decision. None of these players is the same. I mean, LeBron James, besides the just incredible physical abilities that he has, he is a brilliant man, and he 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 makes calculated moves, you know. And and he's also a very very competitive person. So he really is driven by winning, and that's why you know again I think he gets too much flack that he doesn't care. He does, and I think that's why he's so good. And I'm not saying Kyrie doesn't, but a lot of these guys do have things off the court that, that, that affect their decisions and where they go a lot more than we just strictly think as, well, his, you know, his basketball decisions is going to be other things that factor. And I truly believe that his whole other Kyrie brand could really factor in. Now, Kyrie kind of seemed to enjoy the role of mentoring the young guys. He kind of seemed to enjoy being that guy that he could say, hey, this is how you do this, kind of helping out the, the, the rookies and the young guys. A guy he might have to help out a lot this year, not the same position, but a new young guy, a new rookie, the Celtics, your boy Robert Williams. So this was a guy. Bob. Bob Williams. This Bobby's is a guy who Bob was, he, uh, he was a, according to the ESPN <laughs> draft analysts, because I'm not a college basketball um, aficionado, uh, they were saying Robert Williams, excuse me, Bob Williams, Bob. he was a top 10 talent, a guy that really slipped, not because of his talent, but because he's got – Motivation problems. He's got attitude issues. He, so he slipped to the Celtics at 27. And, of course, within the first week of being on the Celtics, he misses his press conference introduction call at the media. He misses a flight to Boston. So a guy that Bro. fell all the way to you with attitude problems Bro. all of a sudden breaks out in the first week and has attitude issues. Color me shocked. Brutal. Brutal. Bob, you got to wake up, buddy. Bob, I, I'll admit, you know, just like Brad had said, I'm not really a college basketball aficionado. I... I you know, had, had heard of, of Bob Williams for the night, but it wasn't really until draft night that I really started going, looking at this kid and going, oh, wow, okay, mm-hmm. excellent, great. This, this is exactly what we need. You know, speaking of someone who's, who's still out there, NBA offseason, Clint Capella, he could be a Clint Capella-esque player. He's not a Draymond Green, but we needed that, that, that big kind of physical, athletic he's presence down low. With two Cs, he's and thick. He's th- you know, and, and Baines has been great, but he's, he's not that athletic freak that, that Bob could be. But Bob, Bob... There's already questions about you. <laughs> you oversleep. All right, listen, you're a kid. I remember, I mean, I was sleeping until 5 o'clock in the afternoon when I was 18, 19, you know, when I could. So, um, but, you know, then missing the flight to Vegas, missing the first practice. And then I, I heard, and I'll fully admit where I heard this. This was on Pelgrim it was a It was a caller who knew a guy. Uh, and take that what it's worth. But incredible. apparently after the, the conference call that he had when he finally had it, 
he gave a speech at school in Dorchester, which I guess went very well and is very presentable. And, and, and I don't think there's really any questions about who he is as a guy or his character concerns, but he's just forgetful Fred. And apparently they, they, they heard that he had left his wallet at the school um, after that was calling the Celtics frantically. Again, cannot verify that entirely, but if this is true, Bob, you got to wake up, buddy, because I think you on this team, when going against people like Golden State or something like that, maybe you could shake Draymond a little, because right now, you know, even if we make it to the finals, we don't have a guy that's yeah. going to go against like a Draymond, you know, so. Yeah, so he might be a bit of an asshole. He might be uh, forgetful Fred, as you put it, mm-hmm. but the Celtics are at 27. And you're picking at 27 in the NBA. Yeah. You're either picking. Oh, I loved it. You're either picking a scrub who's not going to play, who's going to be in the D League, or you're picking a guy who's got issues, albeit injury concerns or attitude problems. So might as well roll the dice with a guy who is a top ten talent. If he's an asshole, see you later. We don't need you. This is a good culture. It's a strong team. You're going to be a complimentary piece. That's not going to be asked to do a whole lot. So yeah, roll the dice. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely roll the dice. I mean, he's exactly what you're missing in this team. What, are you going to go out and draft another wing player again where there's already gluttony of uh, you know riches at the position there? Um, you've got two point guards. You have Kyrie and Rogier on the bench, so you're not going to go out and draft some. Take a chance on this guy. If this guy truly was the, a lottery pick, absolutely. At 27, you know, let's, I, I would love to. And we perhaps we, we, you know, maybe next time we'll, we'll do that. We should have looked. I would love to see who the 27th pick was in the last five years of the NBA draft. They're usually, you know what I mean? they're so, usually shitheads. I think the yeah. only one that was any good was wasn't Kawhi a late pick. Yeah, I think Draymond Green was around yeah. twenty seven, twenty eight, somewhere around there. Or actually, no, Draymond might actually have been second round. He, I think he went late. Yeah, so wrong with that. Most of those guys are assholes. But there's yeah. been a couple good instances of it lately. But speaking of things that are great, I know you went and you saw Uncle Drew. Was this yes. on opening night? Was this opening night? Yeah, this opening, was opening night. So you saw Uncle Drew opening night. So I'm gonna need Madison's sixty second review. <laughs> Of the blockbuster Uncle Drew. And now, that's the 60-second review. Now, um, it was uh, pretty much exactly what you thought it would be. It was Phenomenal. Just, it was, well, yeah. Um, no, it was, it was just like cheeky, um, stupid, little, little like, you know, chinsy jokes here and there and stuff like that. Um, I will say um, Reggie Miller might be the worst actor, on-air personality <laughs> ever. I, I, I struggle to watch him on TV He's not good as an, an NBA analyst. commentator, yeah. yeah. Horrible actor, but but such a good guy. They're like, you know what? You're probably all right, Reggie. Chris Weber, though, um, Academy Award nomination at least for best supporting actor. He was great. <laughs> he was he was. So they're all done up in makeup and stuff like that. And a lot of them you can tell who it is. Um, but uh, he was he was just excellent. I almost forgot it was Chris Weber like half the time. Um, and he was funny. Surprise. So Chris Weber surprisingly good. Was there? Now we'll put a spoiler in. If so, but was there a joke in there about calling a timeout? Okay. Spoiler alert. So if you don't want to, to actually, I cried laughing, and I'm gonna. <laughs> but for the next thirty I'm, seconds or so, spoiler alert. Just turn turn your radio down or skip ahead. So, yes, there was absolutely one about the timeout. Oh, I don't fucking believe it. So, it was at the end of the game. Of course, it's a championship game that they must win in <laughs> Rucker Park, as I'm sure you would imagine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this one kid takes a timeout. And uh, as they're going back on the court, Kyrie looks over, Uncle Drew, looks over at Preacher, a.k.a. Chris Weber, and said, Hey, hey, Preach. You know, uh, no more time out of us. Just say no. And he, he goes, oh, really? I could have swore we had one. <laughs> but the best part about that, let me just say, I know this is a little longer than 60 seconds, but the best part about that joke is, and why I truly don't believe you're, you're going to appreciate it as much if you're not a true basketball fan like us, um, is a little Easter eggs like that because 
I started with uh, my friend, our friend, Beach, um, you know, and um, we, we went to the movies and um, he and I started cracking up, but there were probably like 15-year-old boys in front of us that oh, yeah. did not even a peep because they don't remember, obviously, mm-hmm. when that happened. You know, uh, so it was just, you know, wait for it to come out on Redbox, and if you're bored on Friday night, watch it. It's all right. All right, so not necessarily something to rush out to the theaters to see. Maybe wait till it's on, on demand somewhere. Go support your boy Kyrie, <laughs> you know. Maybe that'll get him the more money he makes. Yeah, it. if he's listening, yeah. actually, go fucking and, see and it. Based upon my theory, we need to go out and spend and consume. So let's go buy all of his products, prove to him that Boston is a great market, and that's how he'll stay. So um, 300's clan out there, get on that and start buying some shit now. Alright, well thank you for that, that magical review. Uh, I'm, I'm actually not surprised that we could probably sit here and I could probably throw ten ideas at you and say, did this happen in the movie? It seems like, it seems like very original writing but it's not exactly uh, Breaking Bad, so. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was just, but it was, it was, it was fun. It was cool. Alright, so let's go around the NBA. So, LeBron James left Cleveland once again. He signed with the Los Angeles Lakers for four years. Really, it's a three-year deal plus an option and this, you know, this time, I don't really blame him for going to L.A. Oh, Cleveland was in a shitty position. They were not going to get any better. They weren't going to beat the Warriors. And obviously, a big part of that is his own fault. But with that being said, I don't blame the guy for getting out of town. L.A., it's kind of where a lot of players go. It's the land of opportunity. And I think Paul George re-signing with OKC kind of submarined a lot of their plans, where it's not just going to be year one, let's get right back into contention. But I have my own theory on why he went there. What, what do you think? Uh, uh, on LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'll just start off by saying I think the man gets just way too much flack, you know, and going to L.A. makes sense because it's a team where pretty much anywhere he goes, and I kind of got in, in an argument with my brother about this the night that he went up to L.A., they instantly become one of the top teams in the NBA. He's sitting there and, and, and you know, my brother's saying, he's like, no, no, they still need some pieces. This is before Rondo signed. This is before, you know, the other little pieces, JaVale McGee, you know, that they got, but Realistically, anywhere he goes, he's going to change that team. So he could go up there, build the Lakers back up. Again, it's a big market. They've also got a lot more talent than Cleveland has right now. I mean, you look at that roster, it truly was incredible, the fact that he was able to get that team to the finals. Yes, he got blown out. But the fact that he got to the finals, beating this Celtics team in Game 7, coming back and doing that. But in L.A., they got some decent pieces where, uh, of course, he'd go out there. I, I cannot blame him for this decision at all. I thought I'd be more upset the next time he left Cleveland, but I get it. And, and I respect what he did in Cleveland. It's time to go see what else he can do. Yeah, and when he left Cleveland the first time, I wasn't upset that he left Cleveland. I, the first time, I was like, yeah, Cleveland's a shithole. I, I wouldn't blame him either for wanting to move. The decision is what pissed a lot of people off. Of course, it should, the way he did it, yeah. Now, him, he brought them a title. He wants to leave. That's fine. Whatever. I don't blame you at all. But he did leave that team in a bad spot. And I'm surprised no one's really said anything about this. He basically facilitated a trade with the Lakers to clear out all the dead money and shitty players they have on their team with the Cavs. And then he leaves the Cavs and goes and signs with that team just a few months later. He basically cleared out cap space for him and his moves in L.A. That's fucking criminal. I just blew your mind. No, that I legitimately, holy shit. You snuck that one in there, that theory. That, we, didn't, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't go over that one in the pregame. Um, the 300s wow. is, is cracking eggs of wisdom left and right. This is, a, this is a huge egg that is being cracked. I did not even think about that theory, and I love conspiracy That's theory. insider trading right I'm there. I'm a huge conspiracy guy. Yeah. And wow, I did not even think of that. 
Sorry, I know I'm just you know. Sitting I'm here, sorry, man. But no. that that's that's incredible. I mean, I didn't even think about it in that way, but at the same time, you know, if I'm LeBron, I can sit there and say you gave away you yeah, and you also gave away Kyrie Irving and left me with what Kevin Love. So oh, yeah. I understand. Well, it's your fault because yeah. Kyrie wanted to leave because of you, LeBron. But but no, you didn't have to trade Kyrie, especially to us to make us what we were. So. Um, Wow, but my entire world just flipped upside down. <laughs> I, I view this situation. There's this, there's this mist just kind of emanating into my my feelings on the subject, and uh, it's getting a little cloudy now. All right, you let that marinate. Woo. We're gonna cut that out. It's gonna be a good clip. <laughs> so a point that I made on the blog was, why is LeBron going to LA now? And it seems like over the last couple of years, the Warriors kind of beat the beat the will to win out of LeBron. He kind of realizes. In his current position, he's not going to beat them. But I also think he might have realized he's in a no-win situation where we talked about it earlier. He's judged so harshly just by his ring count. He's got three now. He probably realizes I'm not going to get another three or four to, to tie or pass Michael Jordan. So I'm not going to stay in Cleveland and just kind of keep bumping my head against the same wall. But if I go to L.A., one, I get to build my media empire. I get to be in more movies. He was hilarious in Trainwreck, which as much as I hate him, he was a funny, he was a funny guy in that movie. Gets to build his empire. He kind of gets to do his own thing out there, kind of right off into the sunset in L.A. But two, if they can build up, maybe not this year, maybe next year when you get, maybe you get Kawhi coming in. If you can build that team up and then they win a title, even if you just win one title, maybe you only finish with four rings. But you essentially parachute into three different franchises on three different occasions and built them up from basically basement teams to championship winning contenders. So that that's a it's not six rings, but that is a compelling argument to say, hey, I didn't win six, but I didn't have Hall of Fame um, talent around me all the time. But I built three franchises from the ground up to become championship title winners. I'm going to give you a, a real quick stat. And I think everyone knows this stat, but it just needs to be put back out there and, and, and reiterated. The man went to eight straight NBA finals, or has gone. And I don't want to say went, because that streak is still active. So theoretically, he could take the Lakers there, and that would be the third team, and it would be his ninth straight final. I don't know if people really appreciate that. And, and it, what he was able to do with this Cavaliers team is probably the most impressive feat of his career. I don't, I don't even care that he lost the championship because there was nobody that was beating this Warriors team. And let's not forget he came down from 2-0 in the finals against this Warriors team and still won a title. Okay, so which Kyrie. Was, okay, but yeah. come on now. You know, so, but that's why, like, to me, he is the greatest behind Jordan. And I think that if he even takes this L.A. team to the finals a couple times, can legitimately be, it it can be argued that he could be just as good as as Jordan. I mean, what this man has done is incredible. And he gets so much shit from everyone still. A lot of it he brings on himself, I will say. he can be, and I've said this before, he can be the douchiest douchebag and all the... Land of douchebags, okay? There's no doubt. But the man is an incredible, incredible player. And I feel like people let that personality. I'm talking strictly about a player, just watching him on the court. It is, it's art. It's it's just unbelievable what he can do. I will say the last few years, I've come around where I still hate him, but I respect him. Every time he's on TV, I, I definitely watch. It's Canvas, Canvas kind of player. Uh, a lot of that shit he brings on himself, so I don't, I don't cry. I don't feel bad for him but I understand that he does take more shit than he probably should. Now, you're saying his streak is still alive. I don't think there's a shot in hell they get to the finals this year unless they somehow swing a deal for Kawhi. Now, looking at the team they're building around him, 
I don't know what the hell they're doing. Obviously, a lot of these guys are just one-year deals. Maybe they're just filling out a team for – they're just waiting a year. Uh, Lance Stevenson, his famous nemesis who blew in his ear. Yeah. Um, JaVale McGee, who is most famous for being on Shaq to the Fool five times time. a week. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then we got our boy Rajon Rondo joining the Lakers, which is kind of hard to see. But uh, this is a team of, of guys that don't – they're not the prototypical LeBron teammates. They're all kind of, you know – ball heavy guys that aren't great shooters so it doesn't really make sense but i know lebron has said he wants to kind of transition away from being the guy carrying the ball off the court 48 minutes a game well and speaking of mr rajon rondo um let's not forget how rondo can basically become magic johnson whenever he wants to and watch him go out there and just have this career resurgence with yeah. lebron you know and, and, and as a kid you know, he, he hated LeBron. LeBron was his biggest rival, I both know. on Cleveland and Miami because Rondo was still there through all that, too, those battles with Miami. You know, and to see them join forces and Rondo, another one who could be a bit of a putz when he wants to be, but a hell of a player when he wants to be. And if they really team up, because ball, that's the thing, ball's getting the boot. If they could trade him tomorrow, they would. They hate LeVar. Seriously, fuck LeVar. Honestly, <laughs> no, I've never seen such a... a what he's just such a loser, and and I truly think that he's ruined his kids' careers. Like him, Langelo, you know, going over Langelo to China. That kid but, was a fucking. But bomb. it's it's him, his his dad, and and Lavar just fuck you, Lavar. You know, so I think they just want to get rid of him. I think, and it's a wasted pick on a kid who could be pretty pretty good. I think Lavar needs to change the scenery. Uh, I mean, Londo, um, Lavar needs to take a hike. But anyway, I I uh, do think they're gonna be a lot better than people think the Lakers next year. Yeah, it's just the West is so much tougher, whereas in the East, like we were, they were talking about if uh, the Cavs didn't completely blow it up, if they had kept Isaiah, Isaiah and Kevin Love's a playoff team in the East. That's, you know, maybe a top six seed in the East. So the uh, the Lakers, I don't think they're going to be very good, but they're probably better than people think. This might be kind of a, a wait and feel it out kind of year. But with that being said, um, I know Kawhi has said he wants to go to L.A. We talked about that earlier. It seems like the Lakers are going to – Kind of, here's our offer. Take it or leave it. We're not going to blow out the whole system like the Knicks did so many years ago for for Carmelo. Got kind of screwed them up for a couple of years. But with that being said, we had heard for the last two years that Paul George was going to LA. He wanted to be in LA, and then the time comes where he can finally get out and go to LA, and he doesn't go. So I feel like that submarine Magic Johnson's entire plan. Do they want to take that bet again with Kawhi and just expect him to sign in LA? Well, I think maybe now. With LeBron going there, maybe they don't have to go after Kawhi. And I know that sounds a bit strange, but I, I don't know. I think they really were focusing on Kawhi and then maybe a Paul George. But when LeBron comes in the picture, it changes a lot. Of course, LeBron and Kawhi together would be great. But who says Kawhi even wants to play LeBron? Maybe that's another part of Kawhi's decision where he's like, you know what? No, I don't want to be second fiddle LeBron. I want to be the guy, a la Kyrie Irving. So if, if these, you know, again, all these guys have different MOs and, and you got to consider that when you're considering different paths that they're going to take so maybe they're not even focusing on Kawhi and they're just going to keep building I mean Kuzma's a good young player um Ingram actually showed flashes last year don't forget he was a number two pick you know Randall's gone he's in New Orleans now um but you know I think they're going to try to build around LeBron and if they can get a guy like Kawhi sure but I don't think the Lakers are actually going to trade the house because if they were going to they would have done so already yeah so I feel like a lot of teams learned from the Knicks, like we were just saying a minute ago. They traded all these picks to get Carmelo Anthony. They traded him to Denver. And this was for Carmelo Anthony, who had said he wants to go play for the Knicks. 
But rather than wait six more months, they traded all these picks to get on the team. And while they were good for a year or two, after that, they had no depth. They had nothing to build on. They had no young guys. And they sucked for like five years after that. It really kind of screwed the team up. Yeah. So that's kind of to this day. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that that team is. um, But real quick, NBA note, um, those of you who are true NBA nerds and follow the summer league like I do, um, Kevin Knox, that kid out of Kentucky they drafted this year, had a hell of a game last night. He's been, he was he's throwing, been popping up on Twitter. He a lot. was throwing down some some. Oh my God! It was just the, the kid looks the like a beast, and he's 19 years old. So Kevin Knox could be the Messiah that uh, New York has been looking for for a while. This kid looks nice. He looks nice. Now more NBA news that was kind of shocking to me was Paul George resigning with Oklahoma City. This is a huge win for OKC. This is a huge win for small towns everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that had said for years, I mean, not publicly, but it's been reported for years that he wanted to go to L.A. And it seemed like OKC took a huge risk by trading Oladipo, who turned into an all-star in Indiana, took a huge risk to take, take on Paul George for a year, hopefully convince him to re-sign with OKC, which kind of seemed dumb to me, but ended up working. He liked playing with Ross. They weren't very they weren't a title contender last year, but you know these two guys are feeling each other out, and uh, Paul George opted back in with them, which is incredible. I was surprised. I really was. Um, you know, I mean, he obviously got bank, you know, by staying in OKC. But um, no, I did. I think I thought he was going to leave, and I, I thought he was going to jump ship and go play with LeBron because, and if that happened, then obviously the West becomes just full right. shit next year, you know. But um, no, it is cool. And one thing. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you know, with Carmelo being gone this year, we'll get to that in a minute. I think him and Russ could have a rare resurgence. I think you're going to see a Russ resurgence where I think last year he was like, you know what, and get enough credit where I know he comes across as a really cocky guy, but he he took a lot of credit. I think he he missed a lot of credit. Excuse me for you know Paul George coming in, Carmelo coming in. He's like, all right, I got to take a back seat. I'm not going to need to get a triple double every night. But they weren't as good as they were, and Russ was a little off his game. Maybe what they should do is just let Russ be Russ. You have Paul George there, there too, so neither one of them get double teamed. And don't try to go for that big guy and kind of build small again. I know I, there can only be so many super teams. You, you right. can't legitimately have these three all-stars. I mean, some people can, but you're not going to get these all-NBA players all on the same team. But if you have two, two legitimate all-NBA players in the same team, and you build around that, you could be nice. Well, plus... A lot of these teams try and build super teams, but they're just redundant in the way they do right. it. Like OKC had Russ, Paul George, and Carmelo, who are all ISO guys that yep. love to have the ball in their hands. ISO high-volume scorers. Yep. Whereas a team like Golden State has four superstars, but they're all very different types of players. I mean, you got Draymond, who's a defensive specialist. Who, if he was on his own team, he'd be you know he put up 20 points a game as well. You get Steph, you got the three-point guy. Obviously, Durant is the all-around absolute assassin. And then Clay Thompson is, you know, is a, is a good shooter as well. But they're different skill sets, or they're not all competing for the same shots and the same spots on the court. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I was actually surprised. I was truthfully thought the same thing about the Rockets last year. Right? I didn't yeah. know Chris Paul and James Harden, two very ball dominant players, were going to work out well. But they have. And if you think about even Houston, I mean, yes, Capella was a very good player. Again, I know I bring him up. It's probably the tenth time I've mentioned his name since I've been on the show. Um, but I, I think he's a great player, but it still is really just Chris Paul, James Harden, and some role players. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I, I think Oklahoma City could, could take an approach that the Rockets have, and in maybe a year or two, it'll be a force. So that was a huge signing for them. I didn't see that coming, but 
good for OKC. Yeah. Speaking of OKC, Carmelo Anthony is reportedly out. Now, he was a guy who opted back in on his player option. It was like $28 million, so there's no chance he was going to skip out on that. He uh, opted in and reported that the Thunder are working on a way to buy him out. And that had been the easiest decision of Sam Presti's career because it's basically going to save the team $100 million. With Paul George, Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook, and Carmelo, they were going to go into the uh, the tax penalty. And that was going to be like a $100 million charge against them. So I'll see you later, Carmelo. So we're going to get him out. Here's a guy they were going Another to have for to pay. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy they're going to have to pay twenty eight million dollars. And I was looking up his stats because he obviously had a shitty year last year. But I looked up his numbers just to see how bad he was last year. Carmelo averaged sixteen points a game on forty percent shooting, which were the worst numbers of his entire career. So twenty eight million dollars for a guy who absolutely sucked last year. See you later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Melo's a guy who. I've never really been a fan of him throughout his career. The man has put up some very impressive numbers, but again, you know the type of player he was, is. And again, speaking of MO, I don't think he was ever really a very passionate kind of balls-to-the-wall type of guy that would do whatever was needed. He wasn't a great defender. He's another guy who also let off-court aspirations kind of supersede maybe some of his commitment. Um, so, But it's gone to the point, regardless of whether we've seen the last of Mello, or the, the we're starting to see the beginning of the end for Mello, he's just getting out of OKC. It's just not working. Yeah, and, it's and not a good fit. No matter what it is that has to go for both sides, maybe Mello could go to a place like the Clippers on a flyer or something and see what he could be. You know, well, there would they be Bradley, something small, but he's not going to be this target that that everyone covets out there on the market no. even if he gets out there so not, i don't know what's gonna happen he's not the guy anymore he's not gonna make 28 million dollars anywhere ever again he is not gonna be the number one option on any team and again with okc it's redundant you it's not gonna be a fit you need to go and suck suck up your pride and be a, a bench scorer and you know maybe you only make a mid-level exception salary but you can get that ring you never got before if he goes and you know, maybe he ends up going on the Rockets. He could be a good guy off the bench. Uh, you know, he's a deadly shooter. And if you end up getting hoodie mellow, or even better, if you get Team USA mellow, then you're in business. But I don't want any part of him. And you know what? I think Houston's probably the best place he could potentially go. And I know people have talked about it before, but I'm glad you brought it up because I could, I could see him working there in that role. Now, let's not forget, too, but Trevor Ariza also left Houston. Um, never see he's now in Phoenix. Um, he, he signed a deal with them this offseason, one year, fifteen million dollar deal, I believe, for Man. Trevor Ariza. NBA is money get, stupid. Get paid, big fellow. But anyway, so that is actually a huge hole in that offense. I think Ariza has been a very underappreciated guy with a year. It's pretty good. The Lakers too on some championship teams. Um, so Ariza's been around, but that I could see Melo stepping into a role there. I also think Melo is uh, big in between the ears guy, and when Melo's happy playing with his buddies Chris Paul and James Harden, speaking of Team USA Mello, where yeah. he was phenomenal. He was fucking great in the, the Olympics. Best, he, yeah. was, he was probably one of the best Olympic basketball players ever. He was incredible, and Mello is very talented, but he's going to have to go in the right situation. Um, and I think Houston probably the best one for him. Now let's tie it all back together. We'll wrap it up with a former Celtics player who is still on the market. we got to ask, what's going to happen to our boy Isaiah Thomas? This is a guy who less than 18 months ago was talking about how the Celtics need to, quote, back up the Brinks truck for him. 
And now he obviously got traded. He got injured. He got traded. Didn't work in Cleveland. He got dumped into L.A. And now he's still a free agent. And like we were saying earlier with Marcus Smart, there's not a lot of teams out there with a lot of money. So there's not a lot of opportunity for him to begin with. And he's a guy who doesn't want to come off the bench. That's been his M.O. his entire career. He wants to be a starter. But the days of him getting a max contract are fucking long gone. So one-year deal somewhere, prove a deal, maybe re, you know, rebuild up your value. But it kind of sucks to see for a guy we love so much. But what do you think is going to happen with Isaiah? I don't know, but I just feel bad for the guy. I mean, you know, um, everything that's happened on the court, off the court, we don't need to get into it. You know, I think everyone loved Isaiah when he was here and, and he knows what happened, but he, he's been through a lot over the past year. Um, it, it was real ugly in Cleveland for a while there. I don't think just in terms of basketball, but it just seemed very... Another bad fit. Yeah, there was a lot of discord. He seemed visibly yeah. agitated in his interviews and stuff like that. He's always been kind of a fiery guy. But, yeah. Um, he left, got traded to the Lakers, and um, while he was not a stud out there, he was putting up, I think, like 16 a game and just was happy and was getting his, his, his legs back after a really bad injury. I want to see him bounce back this year, and I think he'll have to go kind of take the opposite approach from Melo, where he's going to have to go somewhere to be the guy. Yeah. Um, I My prediction for Isaiah Thomas right now, because you also got to think, of this is part of the reason that Marcus Smart is having so much trouble scaring money, is... There's not a lot of money out there. Teams have spent their money. There's not a lot of appealing places that have some of that money. But I think Orlando could be a good fit. They yeah. really need a point guard. Um, it's been mentioned before, you know. So some of you may have, have heard this idea. Um, it is not of my creation, but I really sat there and thought about it. Like you know, it makes a lot of sense for him to go to a place like that, where even if he becomes like a twenty point per game guy, he's never going to be a max player again. But I'm not even so much worried about the, the money for Isaiah. I think his money has been made. I really don't think he's going to get go anywhere and become a big, big guy. But respect. I want him to get his respect back because that, yeah. that guy did a hell of a lot for us. He was great. Love Isaiah. I think Orlando would be a good fit. I know there was, there was rumors there with the Magic. Yeah, go down there, be a guy, be the guy, get a high-volume high score. You know, they suck. Just give him the ball. Let him average 25 a game and then go out there and get a decent contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a perfect fit. All right, so I think that's going to do it for us here in the 300s podcast. Thanks again to Mattis for joining us today once again. This is your second episode, right? Oh, uh, yeah, many more to come. All right, many more to come. All right, guys, now, if you've been moderately enjoyed what you heard here today, please subscribe to the 300s podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and we are now available on Spotify. Yeah! So wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.